Welcome to the Eat Sleep Chelsea Repeat Pod Special. On today's pod, we have the ESCR End of Season Award Ceremony. We've got a vast month. We've got a vast selection of awards to get through. We're all suited and booted. Um, I'm Chris, and as always, I'm joined by my brother Craig and our good friend Brady. Guys, you you all suited and booted? You ready? Well, we haven't got the video, so I assume that the tuck didn't come back from the dry cleaners in time. But uh, yeah, I am suited and booted though. Got my tucks, got my uh, got my little bow tie here, ready to go. I'm uh, I was suited and booted yesterday at a wedding, and, and today I'm I'm pretty hungover with a coffee in my pajamas. So you just, you just, you just didn't get changed, did you? Just just, <laughs> just kept the suit on. So, Guys, what's really... happened? We need, we, we're expecting the, the tuxes. We've been, maybe, for been tw- maybe, maybe for 23, 24. You know, Chelsea have had a bad season, so we were also slacking. So, uh, yeah. See what, if we win the Premier League next year, I'll put a tux on for the awards. Yeah, definitely. Well, wow. if, we win, if we win four games in a row, I'll do that. So. Get that in writing. Get that. Yeah. Get, get, that. that get that written in blood. <laughs> uh, anyway, I was, I was thinking, uh, you know, you get the Oscars every year. You know, I think in the phonetic version of uh, ESCR is the Eskers. Somebody's no, calling no, the Eskers. No. What do you think of that? Very clever. It's tragic. Yeah, it's good. Tragic. <laughs> <laughs> right, time for the Eskers. Right, time for the Eskers 2023. Roll the Eskers. So, what's the first uh, category? Right. So, so who, who's um, who's doing the Ricky Gervais role or the? I don't know. <laughs> we don't have got time to insult everybody <laughs> during the uh, <laughs> during the interim of the different. Yeah, right, awards. I, can, I can probably do that. I think there'll be enough insulting of uh, some of these categories anyway. To be honest. So, <laughs> well, well, let's start with an award that was already been handed out um, and voted on by the fans, and that's for best player of the season. Um, we'll probably just try and go in the same order, go all the way around. So, yeah. uh, start with Brady. You can go first oh. since you came up with the, we'll say, clever name for the awards. Oh, we'll say clever <laughs> for me. <laughs> uh, it's difficult to go against the fans on this one. Uh, we might all agree with this one. I'm just going to give it default to Thiago Silva as well. Um, I don't think this has actually been his best season for the club. I know that in the season before when Mount got it, I think a lot of people thought that um, Thiago was robbed. Just been consistent, been one of the highest minutes. I think what's really impressed me is the amount of minutes. Hasn't really been injured this season. Um, very consistent. And like Craig said in a pod recently, you do really take him for granted, you know, when he does a little shimmy and a drop of the shoulder and then rolls it, doesn't boot it into the crowd. Uh, we're sport by him. And he's essentially a constant positive in what has been a really rough and ne- a negative ride this season. And, um, yeah, it's it's not... I don't think he's had, like, a 10 out of 10 season or anything like that, but understanding the, the players is, a player's not been good. But for me, it's uh, my Esker for best player goes to Thiago Silva. I'm not sure if anyone's got any different ones, but, um, yeah, just a sort of default choice for me. I, I've got a different one. Am I, am I going next in the... Uh, yeah. You, you yeah. go next, yeah. Fine. Okay, my player of the season is Enzo Fernandez. Yeah. I think we wow. probably Thiago Silva has played double or about a thousand or eight hundred more Premier League minutes actually. So what's that nine games? 
more than Enzo. So even though he signed halfway through the season, he's only played nine games less in the in the Premier League. <clears throat> Thiago Silva or games worth of minutes. Um, I think he's been incredibly consistent in every game. And yeah, like you said, I don't think Thiago Silva's actually had an incredible season. I think when we've played a lot of four at the back, he's uh, he looks a little bit worse in in that system. I think that's fair enough. You know, exposes him a little bit more, doesn't allow him to sit back and read the game with two more aggressive centre backs to each side of him. Um, he's definitely been good, Thiago Silva, but I don't think. It's so clear cut that he's just been our most outstanding player. He's the thing is he's an easy person to give it to because he's such a likable guy, very popular with the fans. In a season where no one's really been good, but I actually think our most consistent player, even though he only signed halfway through the season, has been Enzo Fernandez. Yeah, difficult. Um, Peter Sporty is going to be in a couple of my categories later, and. Yes, it, uh, people say he's only played half the season, but since he's come in, he's been incredibly consistent, seven, eight, mm. ten every, seven out of ten every week. And yeah, I mean, it feels like he's been here for a season, doesn't it? It's, it's only been here five months, but it feels like a longer time. And he already feels like a Chelsea mainstay, even though he's so young and barely been here. And you know, Craig last, year, last week called him the future of the club, and it's difficult to disagree with that. So, no, well, also, what I want to say as well, he's played 51 matches this season in all competitions yeah 4,363 minutes yeah he's still turning up we played three games at the end of this um mm-hmm. season in, in a week and he's still playing starting in every game he's he's just so reliable um and still at 22 years old I mean what a prospect and player as well so yeah I'm just I'm we're incredibly fortunate to have him on on our team and and we shouldn't take that for granted I know obviously he's most expensive player in Premier League history and and probably you know, we should be excited and happy to have that on our team. But yeah, just wanted to to emphasize he he for me he's he's the player of the season. Yeah, uh-huh. I think he's been he's good choices there. I think I would probably lean towards more towards Silver. I think what he's doing at thirty sevens absolutely insane in the Premier League. Um Enzo, I think, has come in and done really, really well. Um probably benefited quite a lot from the injuries and the fact Jorginho left in January. So became a regular starter by default, which I think is kind of what you need, really, coming into the team. And I think he's been excellent. So, yeah, both shows. I probably lean towards more towards Silver. I think he's... It's easy to, I think, forget about the first half of the season where almost everyone got injured. Um, and he was still there every week when it was really cluttered with fixtures um, before the World Cup. And he was there every, every basically half a week turning up and being fantastic. So, yeah, definitely my pick. Fair enough. All right. Uh, well, we're gonna we're gonna go to the opposite end of the spectrum now, and we're gonna go for, um, I guess, most disappointing player. Well, have got, how, 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 how we got a lot of statues for this? Because uh, <laughs> there could be quite. <laughs> you could have twenty, couldn't you? To be honest, yeah. just a word disappointing. It, it's got to be Mark Kukurea for me. Um, I remember in the summer when we essentially nicked him off from City and we paid over the odds for him. I think we probably paid 30% too much for him. We paid too much money for him. Definitely the player that we overpaid. But you thought, you know what? I've said it a few times um, on this pod. We were in a pub near the ground that we we drink in a lot and we watched um, Brighton beat Manchester United 4-0. Kukurel was electric. He scored a goal. 
And he was just like, we were thinking, wow, this player's amazing. And I think maybe Chilwell or somebody left back had a bad game that, that day for us. And we, we were watching the Man United game and Brighton game afterwards. And it's just been, I know obviously it's been his fault. And we, we've, we've talked about, um, you know, the C, CFC Central um, thread on him in terms of inverting. But he's just been so disappointing. Two assists. I know that's not really his forte, but just getting booed by the fans, probably been victimised a little bit there, but just hasn't turned up at all, really. And you just got to say at the moment, for £62 million or whatever, it's just been a huge disappointment. Essentially, you could argue third-choice left-back at the club at the moment. Um, and just been awful. And I know, I know there's been some, some other signings and that have been awful this, this season, but... Really, really disappointing by Mark Kukureo. I don't think he's a bad player, but I have to say this season, he's the most disappointing player for me this season. So the Esker for that goes to him. Nice, yeah. He's definitely been a bit of a letdown, but hopefully more, more stuff to come from him. Sorry, what, what category was this? Most disappointing player. Yeah, I thought that it's not most disappointing signing, right? Obviously, you said like there's lots of other signings. It can be anyone, right? It doesn't have to be a yeah, signing. It can be anyone, it can be anyone yeah. Yeah, yeah. Any contentions about Kukureo? No, I don't think he's been our most disappointing player because I think when players are signed, there there can be um, bedding in periods. So, you know, I'm not expect basically I'm not expecting new signings to come in and be world class players or elite players straight away ever, and um, especially younger players like we forget Mark. There, there is another player that you probably you're going to say that is like you could say is that's most disappointing season, but he's had other disappointing seasons, so I'm sort of used to it. This was like a fresh disappointment. So, uh, just for this season, as a kind of microcosm, I feel that Kukureo's had a really bad one. Died off, got injured at the end, limped away. His, his future's in, you know, almost says his future's in doubt. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be tough for him. So yeah, uh, I have two for for worst. Uh, so this is just disappointing. Yeah, most disappointing. Surprise! Yeah. Surprise! Most disappointing player this season. Um, we have to get another uh, statue gilded. Hang on, I'll get the I'll get the I'll get the uh, people who make the statues on it. We love to do two. Well, well, I, I, I can't pick between these, and what I'm going to precursor one. I could have had five, to be honest, but <laughs> so I could have had ten. My um my first one or my joint award. This is a joint award. At player A is Mason Mount. I think. Uh, you know, coming off back of the season, the seasons he's had for us, high contributions and goals, assists, elite performances. I think he he personally will be really disappointed with the season he had. Obviously, he's missed a large part of the second half of the season, but even in the first half of the season, just not the player that he was. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> a lot of this maybe so lots of excuses for him. One is that Potter's usage of him was was horrendous, um, and the tactics. Um, that we were playing under him formations just wasn't working and a lot of players were looking really bad but Mace was one of them um, the other one is the World Cup year obviously a lot of players were really you know, saving themselves I guess in inverted commas for the World Cup um, and not only that but obviously it takes a lot out of you during the middle, middle of the season to have that um, going on so yeah, and obviously he's had a lot of injuries this year. It's just been a really, really... I think he sums up for this award, most disappointing player. I mean, he sums that up, really. Like, you know, so disappointed with his season, I'm sure. Like I said, he would be as well. That's number one. And number two is N'Golo Kante, or player B is N'Golo Kante. Um, you know, one of our best players, if not our best player, when he when he 
is performing at the highest level. And yeah, just another season just completely missed by him. And even when he was playing there, you know, at the around the um, February, March time, not the player that he was, not influencing the games. You know, he played the Real Madrid game, not influencing the games like he used to. Yeah, just really, really disappointing season for him. And he's going to be his age 33, 34 season next year. And um, I'm concerned if, he, if he's playing for us, that he can, can deliver at the level that, that he used to. It's interesting you said Kante, because Kante would be almost like an N slash A, kind of a non-applicable, because he just hasn't played. <laughs> like, it's been... You know, I feel like he has to play a certain amount of time for me, disappointing. And I guess you're right, it has been... When we went into the start of the season, you know, with Kante fit, you think, well, we could really give us like a title push and things like that. But it has been so disappointing, hasn't it? So I haven't really thought about it like that, but it's true. He has, he has been extremely disappointing, Kante. Yeah, I think injuries are really causing him problems lately. Yeah. Um, just six starts for him this season, 500 minutes. Did end up with an assist. Fair play to him. Um. <clears throat> Mount, I think, is a good choice. That was that was actually my choice for disappointing player, Mason Mount. I agree. I think he was massively disappointing in the matches he played. Just doesn't seem didn't seem like himself. Um, lots of giveaways when I watched him play. Like he lost the ball a lot more times than I I remember. He used to be. I think the season before last, he was a lot slicker on the ball. Kind of knew what he was going to do before he got it. Seemed a bit clueless this season. Um, but yeah. Some some interesting choices there for sure. Yeah, I mean, we could have had twenty. Let's be honest, but um, there's been plenty. So yeah, we'll carry on. Lots of candidates for this award. Yeah. So Chris, you're going for Mount as well. Yeah, my selection was Mason Mount for this one. Well, I suppose um, if two of us chose it, we should say that the proxy vote is that Mason Mount gets the most. It gets the disappointing player of the season for uh, twenty twenty. The Oscar for twenty twenty three. I'll just say that Kai Havertz is lucky. That he hasn't got uh, <laughs> any votes in this yeah, category. The thing of Havertz think... is he doesn't disappoint you because he disappointed me like like last season more. Exactly, like, yeah. you, you well, this is it. You don't expect much. I mean, you, you don't really. You, you kind of ex- you're used to it, aren't you? So the way um, we phrase the award, like, it doesn't really fit the the bill for Havertz because yeah, your expectancy is quite low with him. It feels yeah. like the uh, Ice Cube Esker that would be him, but yeah. Uh, he, uh, yeah. All right. Well, let's let's talk about best goal. This is another award that's been awarded by the club already. Um, what? How did you see this one? That's me first, isn't it? The best goal for me was Felix against Manchester United, a player that's uh, leaving. Leaving. I thought it was a fantastic goal. Um, you got mm. Hakim Ziyech doing funny things. Uh, Hakim Ziyech layering against booted it out of play. And I was laughing with his uh, ex, <laughs> with his ex manager Ten Hag about ha 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 booted out of play, but he did a kind of funky sort of karate kick assist across. The, that's what hacking can do. He can do some special things sometimes. And he, Felix picks it up four nil down, and you know four nil down. If you pick it up in the centre circle, you think well I'll pass it off. And he's ran through their whole midfield and just drilled it. No backlift into the bottom corner. It was a, a goal. You know, it was a consolation goal. It didn't mean anything. But it's a nice celebration at the end. And I think it, it's a nice moment for Felix to leave on. And just it's, um, there'll be another goal that I think a lot of other, I think there's been a lot of other podcasts on the Straight Outta Common podcast, on London's Blue podcast, where they've picked another goal. And I get that. But I think this goal was technically fantastic. Really good assist. And um, 
Not a goal that we see much, haven't seen much since the days of Hazard, where someone picking it up from inside their own half or essentially in the in the middle in the middle circle and um, just driving through three or four players and just you know slotting it bottom corner. So for me, that was the goal. That was the best goal of the season for me. Hasn't been a great bunch though. Got to be honest. Um, haven't been that many banging goals this season. So um, yeah, that, that's Felix for me, and he's not even a Chelsea player anymore. So he, he departs with an Esco. <laughs> Vanessa from you, but I'm not sure he gets going to get the overall vote for that goal. I do, I do think that was a good goal, but um, obviously Conor Gallagher won the actual Chelsea version of this um, with his goal against Palace, which I thought was a really good goal and and up there. But my best goal is uh, Kaladu Kulabali versus Spurs. Maybe Ooh. just for the enjoyment of the goal as well is the actual mm. goal, which I thought was fantastic technique. See Kukurea corner whipped it in, and uh, he was. Somehow unmarked, but great technique to volley it right into the bottom corner there. Um, and yeah, just an incredible, uh, like early in the season when optimism was, was really, really high. Um, just fantastic celebration in the in the crowd as well. And just a very enjoyable goal that I remember um, from this season. Well, you, you, it, to be honest, like it doesn't really feel like that was part of this season, but no. it was. Uh, it was, it was at the shed moment. end as well. And obviously you, you boys sit in the shed, shed end, yeah. don't you? So it was, I mean, against Spurs as well, when you, you sit next to the Spurs fans, that's always going to make it extra enjoyable. So I suppose the consolation go up. Which I, I just thought technically the Felix goal was a very good goal. Hmm. I thought technically that Kulabali goal was great volley, right? Um, well, well. You know, it depends what you like, isn't it? The volley or the... <laughs> both good goals, both good goals. Well, I've gone for um, Havertz versus Leicester with yeah. Enzo scooping it up over the yeah, defence. That, that was up there for me. For and sure. uh, and Havertz chipping the goal. I mean, that gets an instant, instant disqualification because he didn't celebrate. <laughs> he didn't celebrate because he thought he was offside, which I hate. Yeah, um, we all thought he was offside, yeah. But um, in terms of technical ability, I mean, it's, it is an absolutely insane goal. It's an assist that you, you would expect from someone like Fabregas. Uh, it's that level. Mm. Um, and yeah, it's a great finish. And it was a great game. In, in that sense as well. So it was just a nice uh, nice goal to score. That, in that, that game. was definitely one of the better games of the season, yeah, for sure. That was in um, Potter's hot week, wasn't it? When he hot week. The hot week. He was hot. <laughs> when he was when he was, uh, he was that, was, that was the week before he got sacked, I think. The yeah. hot week. <laughs> um, the high before the lows. So uh, that was his uh, top of the world and he was Sue came crumbling down. So yeah. All right. We've got uh, up next um just a Obviously, we mentioned that Chelsea. The actual award for that went to Gallagher versus Palace for Chelsea, and also uh, player of the season was uh, Thiago Silva. That was given yeah. out as well. So those those two are the official awards of the club as well. Just wanted to let you know who who received I those. Gallagher was a good goal, and obviously it, it won us the game. So probably it was to... fantastic. Yeah, it was a good goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never saw him. Do, never, and he never did it again. <laughs> yeah, got a few goals. Four goals. Then we didn't. Oh, I didn't. Uh... Not to that level. Um, right. Most improved player, please. Eskers. Get your Esker nominations I think, in. I think the uh I think I'm gonna get Ricky Gervais level abuse here from my thing. My most improved player. I couldn't think of one. The only thing I think of is Kepa. I knew it. it it's Kepa. I knew it's, it. Um, I'm not, just hear me out, hear me out. <laughs> Kepa he played forty one he played thirty eight games. Um all comps this season. Do you know how many goals he conceded? 
That's not a goalkeeper stat. That's a def- that's a team. Oh, okay, okay, but just 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 how many goals did we concede? <laughs> Thirty-eight games. He's gone T-Rex in his most improved player. Just answer the question. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 it's forty-one goals. It's only a goal a game, pretty much. He's got nine, nine clean sheets in the prem. Not not ninety-five saves across the season. I couldn't think of any other player. It's mainly because we've had so many signings, so they haven't improved because you'd usually improve over like a last season. And last last season, Keppel was barely getting in the team. And look, he got a lot of heat for this, but he said it himself in a presser. I think it was a champion. Maybe it was a Real Madrid presser or the one before the Dortmund. I think it might have been the Dortmund presser. So I've had quite a good season. I'm happy with my season. And to be fair to him, he has. He's had. Um, He's had a lot more starts, 29 starts in the league, and he has made some really good saves. I mean, if you're doing saves, of the, I think he got nominated for a couple of saves um, for save of the season in the Prem. Awful distribution, isn't good enough, <laughs> number one. But in terms of improvement, for it is a slight improvement. And um, Slight. <laughs> well, I, don't, I can't think of any other player. In, I'm going to contest with you. I can't think of any other players who've improved. Well, like, well I'm going to give you one. And I think go, on go on then. Go on then. I'm surprised that you have not mentioned him because Trevor Chalaber. Yeah. I'll tell you why I've Chalaber. I think Trevor Chalaber has been consistently good the whole time. I don't no, he's, he's improved a lot this season. I think um, not just, I, I think build-wise he's improved. Um, you know, physique, and uh, obviously we saw great pace uh, against um, Newcastle versus who was it that we was one on one with? Was it Saint Max? Um, yeah, and, yeah. Oh, Isaac. Sorry, yeah, that's right. And yeah, he, he's just he's he's come on. He he's, he was, I think, dodgy defending at at best before in, in certain situations. Um, maybe started at a lower base level for me than than you two especially you Brady but I think you know when he's been called upon this season he's mostly done a good job still some some things to be concerned about I mean look let's face it it's not a great bunch is it for most improved player we're we're struggling here but I'll give it to Trev yeah I think uh, Trevor Chalaber was was my selection also it's certainly not going to Kepa no (laughs) can't give it to Kepa he's absolutely (laughs) shocking um yeah, I think Chalaber's done really well. I think the you've got to remember he was kind of iced out sort of towards the end of last season and he's come back this season and he's he's shown that he can he can play with the big boys. He's a really fantastic utility player. Uh he can adapt to different situations. He wants to stay in, I think come out come out this week, he wants to stay and fight for his for his place in the team. He wants to play for Chelsea. Um these are all great things to hear. And you even though he's not being used in the right way, he's just happy to contribute and be used uh, and I think he's effective in what he's done this season he had a bit of a shaky game I think it was his first game back against Fulham but you know he, he rode that and he's he's come in and he's done a really good job for us and also he came in and did a, a great job playing centre-back again during that uh, World Cup pre-World Cup um, period where he had so many injuries so it's easy to forget um, I think all those moments as well so really happy he, he's um, always been good for me he's always been good so and maybe he's improved a bit. Think... He's <laughs> always he, he's he, always been a great better? player for me. So I, 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 I think he's learned a lot. I, think he's I, I already had him at a high echelon. Yeah, exactly. He's already one of the best yeah. defenders Craig in the world. Craig thought, like, thought he's like Reading under eighteen standard when he came in, <laughs> and I've always thought he was pushing for an England spot. So there's always been a bit of a disparity there. But I've, I, I love Trevor Chalobah. He should stay. And um, 
I would put him in in front. I would play him before quite a few of our centre backs at the moment, personally. Um, yeah. I think he's had a fantastic season in terms of uh, versatility. I actually disagree with you. I think, I think he would be allowed to improve more if you kept him in one position. He's been used as a sort of RLC at the back, a utility player. Um, and that won't help his career progression at all. And look, Inter Milan are in for him. There's, there, every time there's interest, there's interest in Spurs, in, in both Milan clubs. Loads of clubs are interested in him. That means that he's good. You don't, every time he's on the market, clubs want him. And the big clubs want him, not like Fulham. So he's a good player. So um, very, very underrated and very disrespected, Trevor Chalabar. Not sure why. Because there's other players at Cobham who really don't perform and get a much easier ride. But um, yeah, I think he's a great player. I want him to stay. So I'm glad he's got the award. Yes, Great player. Fantastic. So sorry, wow. Kepler. Yeah, don't, okay, well, gonna... don't accept an in a post. He'd probably, he'd probably drop it anyway, wouldn't he, Kepler? He'd probably drop the stature, <laughs> wouldn't he? Well, can he, can he scoop a double award here? Uh, we're going for best young player. What have you got for us? Uh, you know, I've gone for. It's Enzo Fernandez because you you forget he's only twenty two. So wow. my, best, my best young player is Enzo Fernandez because for all the reasons that Craig said he's a fantastic player, I don't need to repeat them. He's only twenty two, and it's, I think twenty two is uh, fair to put in the uh, young bracket. And still, I think he turns twenty three in like you know, seven months. So a young player and just fantastic. Um, looks like a mainstay of the club. It's been probably been played out of position most uh, for the latter part of the season as well. Basically, been he's essentially positionally just replaced Jorginho. Um, I don't think he's a pure eight, um, but I think he can play somewhere in between that. Maybe like a six and a half, you know, something like a in, in between that sort of in between that in an area under Poch. So yeah, really excited, and I think he's been one of the best players and definitely the, the best young player. So um, that's uh, Senzo Fernandez for me. Yeah, I mean, I, I think <laughs> I'm giving Enzo a lot of awards here, so I, I, I don't, I'm not going to give him young player as well. Although I do agree that probably if you if you had to be completely honest about this award, he probably is the best best young player. But I'm going to give it to uh, Bad Benny, Benoit yeah. Badishio. I think yeah. his performances this season have been fantastic. He's another 22 year old. Um, he got injured unfortunately at the end of the season. Like to would have liked to see more of him. He also got strangely dropped for a period of time for what appeared to be absolutely no reason despite having really fantastic games you got put in the freezer with the likes of Rudiger and Samori by Lampard so yeah but also under Potter um yeah. during the time when the Champions League was going on because he wasn't yeah. playing in that and you thought oh well definitely playing the Prem game and then just strangely he wasn't there um as well so uh, I've got high hopes for Bad Issue. I think he's a really really good player I think we've got two very similar players in Bad Issue and Colwell um I'd be interested to see what they do with them. I mean, there's no reason why two left-footed centre-backs can't be a really good partnership um, in a four. So it's just we have not really ever seen that. Um, But yeah, I think at 22 years old, really, really promising player for us. Yeah, completely agree. He he was like my silver medal, let's say. He was from second one. What about you, Chris? Um, It's a tough one because I felt like we had some really, really fantastic young young player performances at the end of the season. Um, from Lewis Hall, and uh, I was tempted to give it to Lewis because I thought he'd come in again during that sort of December, uh, sorry, November period as well, um, and he looked really good. Um, 
But I, I, I have to agree. I have to say Enzo Fernandez. Um, I think people forget how young he is. Is is the clear winner for me in this in this group. Um, yeah. And yeah, I I think he could scoop a few more awards. But fantastic signing, great, great. Uh, as I've said so many times, great creativity, great on the ball, great awareness, great passing. Um, not sure about shooting just yet, but uh, yeah, seems to have quite a lot of the key attributes that you need to perform at the very top level. So yeah, definitely one to watch for the future. Yeah, well, he might be uh, falling into our next category as well, which is best new signing. <laughs> best new signing. Brady, I mean, who have you got? I mean, it's it's a double award winner. He's picked up two. He's got one in each hand. It's Enzo Fernandez. Yeah, so. I think... I don't, I don't, Chris, have you got anything different for this? I mean, this is a pretty easy no. one, I think. No, yeah. I don't. I've I've put Enzo in as well. I've got Enzo as well. It's, I mean, it's, it's a double Esker winner. The first double of the night, probably the only double. <laughs> well, well, I think we, um, there might be some people who get the, the, the double worst ones, but let's see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think we need to really say anything else. I mean, there's. I don't think anyone would have any opinion different to that. No. 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 Um, let's go for underwhelming new signing. So a player who's maybe not lived up to what you thought they were going to be. Start with you, Brady. Pretty easy one for me. It's Marlo Mudrick. Um, He came in. We nicked him off Arsenal on a a fantastic Saturday night. I remember being on Twitter and it was all unloading. I'm I'm, I'm being... Revealed that um, Egbali was in Turkey getting the deal done. We nicked him off Arsenal. Arsenal Twitter was in meltdown. With Nick, the supreme talent that they've that they've scouted and they've been scouting for months, and he's come in. He had a good cameo again, really good cameo against Liverpool, really exciting. And since then, it's just been awful, really. I mean, it's just not been good. Um, he's got a couple of assists, I think, uh, has shown some really good progressive running. But you got to say, with his ball at the feet, it's not been good enough, and he missed basically almost a probably a zero point six zero point seven xG chance against Man United. I think he will come good, but overwhelming so far has got to be Mahalo Mudrik because he came in at a time when the club was on, you know, we were really like, well, we've been low morale the whole season, but it really gave us a huge boost. I don't know if you remember after the, I think it was the Fulham game, but we like, essentially, we we had bought all these players and we were buying, and we really gave us a boost, but he's just been poor. And um, I think by his own admission, I, don't, I, I think if you asked him, I think he's got very high standards. He does extra sessions in the gym. He's a, I think he's a real pro. I think he looks after himself. Um, I think by his own admission, I think he's, he's not been good. So very inexperienced, but very underwhelming so far. Yeah, I, what I would say about Mudrik is he's not my winner of this award. or Loser. <laughs> it's not a winner, I guess. It's the, the loser. <laughs> but, the, you know, he doesn't get this award for me. Um, he... He, he he's only played 600 minutes in the Premier League. I just don't think that that you can give most underwhelming signing to a player that hasn't really been given the opportunity. He has played 15 times or 15 games for us in the it's Premier just League. It's the hype. It's the hype, and he's just it's just been a complete. Well, I think a lot of our players were hyped. Well, let let mm. me tell you who who's got my award, and he's a player that's played three times the minutes of Mikhailo Madrid, and that's Kaladu Kulabali. Came in with a lot of hype. You know, potentially on a long contract as well. Um, I think five-year contract he got from from Chelsea. Expected to come in and sort of people were talking about him. You know, he can play till later. He's a great athlete still. You know, maybe be Artiago Silva. I mean, he's not going to be Artiago Silva again. You know, he he's he's been very very disappointing for us. 
replacing you know christensen and, and rudiger was was always going to be really hard especially rudiger's performances for us over the last two seasons were absolutely outstanding and, and at an elite level and you know kulabali coming in we thought might be able to replicate that or at least get near that standard and he's fallen way way short of that and to be honest bit of a worthless player now like no one's going to come in and buy him for for the money we paid for him he's on a massive contract with with good wages and he's a bit of a uh uh tough spot in our in our squad building for the future to know what to actually do with him mm. um so yeah de- definitely a, a very very disappointing season for him 2549 minutes and and no real outstanding performances to to really think of for him maybe the Tottenham Tottenham goal for him He's a winner. <laughs> well, uh, it's, it's down to Chris. Chris has got the deciding vote, or you know. Well, for, I'm not going to go for either one of these split, players. Split vote. So it's a split vote for this. They will get one. Um, they will get one. I, I, I agree. Koulibaly's definitely been disappointing. Um, but my winner is or loser for this award is big money signing at the back. Wesley Fofana. Um, wow. He comes off. A very, very bad injury record. Um, he hasn't played <laughs> didn't play that much for Leicester. Last season, he's played seven games. I know, such a serious injury. He came in, he got injured again this season. Very concerning. His, his injury record's really bad. Um, and, yeah, I think he's, he's looked really, really dodgy. He was dodgy in his first period of games before he got injured. Um, very strange positional play. Um, losing, uh, losing his man a few times in some very basic situations. Uh, then he got injured, and then he came back. He did okay for a bit, and then he was he basically ha- had a complete disaster at some really key moments in the season for us when it all kind of mattered. Um, and yeah, I've never really, I've not really seen anything yet. To suggest he can consistently perform at a very, very high level um, for the fee that we've paid for him, which is concerning. Um, not to say that he he might not turn a corner, but I don't I don't know about him in a, a two at the back. I have to say, mm. I think he looks more comfortable at a three in the back on the right side. Um, he looks a little bit dangerous on his own, um, and I'm very worried about him um, at the moment. So. Definitely a player who I thought came in. People were telling me, even Lineker was tweeting, this guy is absolutely, he's it, he's the nuts. I think Baddy Ashil looks a better player than him, um, to be yeah. honest with you. Well, and, what I would say about Fafana is that he's had good games this season, some outstanding games, actually, where he's been fantastic. And what I would say about Mudrik and Koulibaly is they haven't had those games. Um, I think Koulibaly's know. had good games. I don't think where he's been one of our best players or our best player, Kulabatli. Uh Maybe Dort- Dortmund away, he was really good. I, I, agree, sure. about, I agree about Mudrick, though. I mean, he's had, what, seven starts, 600 minutes. You can't really say anyone's had... You can't really, I mean, he's had as many minutes as Lewis Hall. Okay, so let's, we, let's, we've got to decide the award. I'm not having a split vote. So who, who gets the award for, for this? We've got to decide between us. Kulabali, Mudrick, or... For fun, mine's probably the weakest. You boys, I'll let the brothers duke it out. No, you've got then if you've got to decide, then if, you, if you're happy, do you want big money signing Wesley Fafana or 30 million Koulibaly coming really last I'd minute? Have, I'd have Kukurea over both of them. Um, I'll go for Fafana, yes, correct. Wow, most underwhelming signing, 
Wesley Fofana. Okay. Cost big mistakes in the big games. Two and a half times. He cost two and a half times the money. He looks weak at the back. I mean, at least with Koulibaly, you know what you're getting. With Fofana, we've got a young player on a long contract. What are you going to do with him? I think it's a bit recent. Uh, he's had bad games recently. I think if you'd have had this award in like March, you wouldn't have even put him anywhere near it. So. Yeah, but this is the season awards. This is yeah, the whole season. He's had a really bad... He wasn't good at the beginning of the season either. Koulibaly was warming up and boiling hot for a little while as well. He, he had an uptick. Um, even with you, you said he was playing better. So... Yeah. I haven't completely lost hope. Because it's very difficult for Koulibaly to make himself first choice again, because so, especially if Cole Will. Cole Will's the one, because Cole Will's coming in and he's going to throw everything up in the air because he's going to want a starting spot and whatnot. But... Much, much to your point last week, I think, where you compared Mudrick and Madueke and said the fees were, if the fees were swapped, it would make more sense to you, which I probably don't really agree with. But um, what about, I think if you swap the fees for well, difficult because Chalaba was free. But, you know, Chalaba and Fafan, if you compare them, one is basically free and one's like 70 million. You wouldn't say that that looks like the case and they're about a year apart in age. Well, what I would say with Fafana is I think you can see the, the flashes of the ceiling for him and you can see why he, he's considered to be such an outstanding prospect. He's just got absolutely everything, Wesley Fafana. He's, he's good in the air, incredible pace, great one-on-one defender, although we haven't seen that. Um, I haven't seen him being good in the air at all. You know, he is, he is, well, you know, we'll, I guess we will see that in the future. Bit of a hype though. player for me. Bit of an Instagram yeah. player. Bit of a, it's a lot of, lot, of, lot of smoke, a lot of chat. Not seeing a lot of it on the pitch, to be honest. He gets bars mm. off the, I need, I need to see 10 games in a row. I can't have this three games in a row. He didn't, he's boiling hot. If off. you think about like Van Dyke was 80 million, not that he's mm. Van Dyke, but like that's the, you know, if you're paying that amount of money for a player, the thing he is, doesn't like, look it, anywhere like as composed, as cool, as like dominant. He like, isn't an eighty million player. He's like fifty. He's a scrapper. Million. He looks like he's scrapping like half but the time. We're paying that money for a player like Fafana in the same way you pay it for Mudrick, right? For potential. Like, yeah, but Mudrick's. I think Mudrick's. You know, there's. You can tell why people are looking at him like you from his past performances in the Champions League. Like there are. He's got something that no one else really has. Fafana. Does he have anything else that no other defender has? Yeah, well, I think like in terms of the balance of everything, like you know, speed, height, power, great going forward, good on the ball, like you know, I think that's what you're paying for is the ceiling with him. In the same way, they're the same age. Remember, Madrid and Fafana, and I think for centre backs, um, they mature later for sure. You can see that with with other with other players that. And I think he needs to hold up a bit. Comparison with Van Dyke, who you know signed for Liverpool at a much older age, um, having a lot of experience and. Yeah, I mean, the fees, I don't think it should be judged by the most underwhelming signing is value for money. You know, I think most underwhelming signings should be based on, on performances. But yeah, I'm, 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 I guess if we're going for Fana. Fana. Yeah, we've got best moment of the season. For me, it's, uh, it's Reece James' goal versus Spurs. Um, I wasn't actually at the game. Full disclosure, you boys were. I was watching it. I try. I get to try. Get to most home games, but um, I was actually watching a pub with one of my best friends, Russell. He's a massive Spurs fan. There, yeah, he had a few. I had a few of my friends. He had a few of us. And watching a bar in near Victoria. And when we scored, I mean, I was basically on the table because there was so much needle in that game. So, and obviously with the Tuchel Conte thing as well, 
it was just a, like a proper moment where it was like a proper, really, really ecstatic moment of like rivalry, proper derby, bad blood, just fantastic. And we haven't had that all. I mean, if, I can't believe it was this season. It yeah. feels like it, I just of the you know I haven't felt like that about Chelsea celebrating a Chelsea goal nowhere near that, and we didn't even win the game. Um, you know, Havertz got fouled, didn't he, for their. Uh, their equaliser, Hoiberg equaliser. And I saw the highlights this morning before we did the pod. feels like five years ago. Um, just all the players looked different. The energy was different. You know, the crowd was different. Different club. And um, need to get that back. Even if we don't win games, just get that back. Get the unity back. Get, the, get that back. And uh, that's the best moment of the season for me, even though we didn't win the game. Yeah, I think Potter for me really sapped the mentality and and passion out of this club when he was here, like yeah. just with his personality and and the performances and yeah, just we we sort of were fading away under him into into being one of those clubs that that is really a nothing club. Um, and yeah, I had exactly the same written down. Best moment of the season: Reese James two one versus Spurs. Um, so yeah, can't disagree. That's was going to win it. What was absolutely fantastic. Well, we Chris, we'll skip you. It doesn't matter. And also, obviously, <laughs> we can see when we're, when we're in the ground, obviously, you guys can see on the camera, but seeing Tuchel run past Conte yeah, yeah. To, to sprint down the touchline to celebrate the goal um, I mean, in front of the, the stand there was, was fantastic. It still pops um, up in video. It still pops up on Twitter at that moment. It still gives you goosebumps. It's just, it's just, just a different time. Just, yeah. uh... I can imagine what your worst moment of the season might be then following that. Um, best moment of the season for me, I, I, I mean, maybe this is slightly biased, but like Milan away, because obviously went to the game, mm-hmm. um, won the game. Tomori was chatting nonsense throughout the week before the game. He was sent off. Fantastic. And yeah, it was a great win. Scored some really good goals. We, we and... missed sending off because um, <laughs> we were late into the San Siro, didn't we? I don't think you we like, did. Do no, we? Why are we playing so well? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we did. Um, and it was, oh no, uh, we didn't actually. We, we we just got in at this at that time. I think yeah. we we got in just as it kicked off. Um, it was really really great. Um, great trip, great atmosphere. Um, this was a part of the season where we were kind of buzzing. We were doing really well in the Champions League as well. We were obviously hope optimism was was high at that point still and. It was just a fantastic result, and I think that basically secured the Champions League uh, group stage for us, which was great. And yeah, it was a, a definitely a high point during the the Potter reign, but a good moment of the season for us. Uh, always good to win away in the Champions League. I hope we didn't miss a red card. It was after twenty minutes. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, I don't think we, we definitely didn't. Day, day of uh, day of drinking in Milan might have clouded my memory of that. You uh, yeah. 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 too many Marais or whatever. <laughs> That's good. Um, That's some great. Yeah, it was good. I do remember obviously playing versus ten men in that game, being a little bit disappointed with just the style of play. And I guess those were just like the early warning signs for me of just you know it was a bit boring. The the, the I think we were three 0 up, weren't we? Yeah, we were three 0 up, and obviously the style of play. You know, I just don't see. I guess in that game as well, you just didn't see the like, the energy and the players bombing forward. And you know, I think anyway. Uh, you know, reflective now. Obviously, it's easy to say, um, but yeah, I, I wasn't, I wasn't blown away by that performance. But we did actually have a great trip, and uh, it was a great night for sure. Definitely the best moment of the season for me that one. But it looks like the Esk is scooped by Rhys James's goal when we went two one up. So Rhys James, Tottenham. even though he himself has had a poor season, he gets one by default. So 
Good for Reese. <laughs> uh, okay, it's I guess worst moment of the season. I mean, you probably guess what mine is. It's when Thomas Tuchel got sacked. Uh, I've still got a sympathy card that my girlfriend bought me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she actually got me a sympathy card. I was like, I don't know, my head was on the floor for it. I just didn't expect it at all. When, when it was flying, I remember my friend Ben. But he must have had a few sympathy cards this season then. <laughs> <laughs> I remember my friend Ben, we were just chatting about something. And he said, I thought Tuchel would have got more time. And my heart just sank. It was like something really bad had happened. I was like, no. And then we went in the chat. And then you boys had a different opinion to me. I, I, I had a gut feeling it was a terrible decision. You guys were kind of like, well, if we've got somebody else in. And to be honest, I think when you look at behind the scenes, it was probably always going to happen. Bodie and him were going to clash. Um, but I just think it was really unexpected. And especially after the Spurs game and... It, you know, Tuchel, what, what had happened was that in the West Ham win before that, you know, he could, after the transfer window, I think he himself, I think he was settling down. I think what had happened was, you know, there was this like perfect storm of like, you've got a new owner and Tuchel was like really amped up. He didn't want to be the, he didn't want to be the director of football role that you sometimes have to be. That maybe Eddie Howe did at Newcastle for a bit at the start. Kind of two personalities clashing. It was just a perfect storm where it didn't work out. And I think it was a really, I think it was a shame because I think Tuchel could have, could have regarded this through the season, difficult season, pretty well. I think he was seen as volatile, but I think he was actually a bit of a stabiliser in the dressing room almost. The players trusted him. And um, I think the nature of it and the rushed nature of it, not necessarily the sacking itself, but the rushed nature of getting Potter in a five-year deal. And I think he sent the season into free fall. And that was the beginning and the end for me for this season. So that's my worst moment of the season. No surprises there, as I'm a bit of a Tuchel fanboy, I know. But I yeah, I mean... I think maybe looking back, it was probably the worst moment of the season in terms of how it actually affected our season. But at the time, yeah, I was obviously quite high on Potter when he actually first came in and, you know, believing in the board that they had the right idea for for the future of the squad and the type of manager they wanted and sort of gave them a lot of trust with that. And yeah, obviously that turned out to, to really be poor. And, and, and obviously I'm not a um, big Potter fan anymore. I think he's, he's dreadful. So um, it's... Probably looking back, yeah, the worst moment. But yeah, I've got a different worst moment, which is the the pre-World Cup misery. Just those three weeks before the World Cup. Well, it's actually t- two weeks, really, um, starting with the Brighton away game. Um, we lost 4-1. Um, and then Arsenal at home, losing 1-0. City away, losing 2-0. And Newcastle away, losing 1-0 in probably one of the worst games um, I've seen in a long time, one goal in four games in a key moment, um, no passion, no intensity. The lineup we put out against Newcastle away before the World Cup, no Thiago Silva, the front three of Mason Mount, Brozier and Conor Gallagher, Lewis mm-hmm. Hall at left wing back, Loftus-Cheek at right wing back, the back three of Koulibaly, Chalaba and Aspie. I mean, it was absolutely shocking, let's face it, the, the, the performances, the games, the misery... The, the lack of hope for, for going forward. And that's really when we realised that we're actually not going to qualify for Europe next season, probably, are we? That, yeah. that, that moment, those four games. And um, yeah, just that, that, I think, looking back, was the most depressing time. I'm not a massive um, you know, international football fan either. Like, I don't really get excited about um, international football, Euros, or even World Cups, really, to an extent. And 
I was kind of being like, well, yeah, we get a break from Chelsea and let's watch mm. the World Cup for a bit. So, yeah, I, I don't know. Just just an awful, awful period and an awful two weeks. Yeah, mm. tough, tough to disagree with that. What about you, Chris? Uh, tricky one for me. It all felt quite poor, I think, generally after the World Cup. Um, difficult to find a pinnacle moment in the season. I guess like losing to Madrid in the Champions League was was probably a really disappointing one. I actually felt like we probably could have beaten them, um, even though we weren't playing very well. I don't think they were they were that special this season. Um, no, you could tell that from their, their own league, um, where they've been really disappointing. And I felt like that was a really poor moment for us because even as bad as they've been, they they were made to look quite good by us. And thought we we had a really good opportunity, and I thought it was managed horribly um, by Lampard. I think the fact that um, Lampard was managing that moment of the season was also horrific horrific considering like yeah where we started um with Tuchel at the beginning of the season to then end up with Lampard managing us for a Champions League um like knockout quarterfinal like who on earth would think that would be a good idea based on what happened the previous you know two seasons before that or ever when when he lost his job so it's just like a weird like disaster in a, in a in a it's like in a, in a wider sense of a, a a really cataclysmic season, but yeah, that was definitely the worst moment for me. Is going out to Madrid. I think that shows that you're an optimist because I think for a lot of Chelsea fans, myself included, I was my head was long gone before then. Um, I think I, it's just the general the general. As I yeah. said, like Lampard managing our Champions League quarterfinal. If I told you that at the beginning of the season, you would have said you would have laughed me. Oh, well, yeah, of course. Lamp- I said Lampard, Lampard, Lampard be managing us. Like something, I don't know, he's <laughs> fallen ill or something. And like, I don't know. Well, yeah. I think, you know, the two, as Brady kind of alluded to, like the two cool thing with Bowley, like there, there's always a, there was always a chance that um, when you get new ownership in that, that they might want to choose their own manager. And that, that isn't that strange in like a grander co- like concept of things. But no. if I told you that Frank Lampard would be back managing us in the Champions League quarterfinal, that would be the last thing. Sure. Weird, weird moment. But there's no winner here, I don't think, is there? We, we have to come to a conclusion for the winner. Well, I think the winner should be Tuchel getting sacked because Craig, in hindsight, said it was. So I think it should be, personally. Because that's cheap was. You, you right. decide. I'm, I'm happy with that. I'm, I'm yeah. too biased. I'm too biased. So no, no, no. But I'm, I'm, yeah, we're happy. Uh, that's fine, yeah. we can, Because we, that's ultimately led to Lampard managing us. I think it was just not, it's not if, if the way it was done, I think they rushed it. I mean, people said they were lining Potter up. That isn't true. I, I don't think they were lining Potter up at all. I don't think they, when Tuchel came in, he was that they said that he was the best thing about the club, the most exciting thing. So they weren't thinking of other managers. They rushed it. And that's why they slapped him with a five-year deal to sort of, in their mind, give them, say to themselves, you know what, this is a good idea. So, yeah, just bad contract, not good enough manager to replace. If you're going to replace Tuchel, had to replace him with someone better. So Yeah, so um, I think I think best manager and worst manager, which is our next two awards, we've kind of answered those <laughs> questions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Already. Um, Although Bruno Salcedo... Bruno I mean, worst, manager is, worst manager is a fistfight between... There's worst manager is a discussion, I think. Yeah. Lampard for me, absolute disgrace. Yeah, well, I mean, best managers, best managers, Thomas Tuchel for me. Yeah. I mean, what about Bruno Salter? Unbeaten. Well, I, I did the points, you know, Anthony Joshua and his prime talk about stats and facts. You know, you just you, you got to break it down. Points per game, one point six six for Tuchel, 
1.4 for Potter, which is quite high, actually. But this calendar year, 1.15. That's where he really fell down. He actually started very well, Potter. And do you know how many points per game Frank Lampard got? 0.5, wasn't it? 0.55. Absolutely disgraceful from Frank. So I think the the Esker for the best manager goes for Thomas Tuchel will be six games. <laughs> and, and by the way, it was, a, it was a pretty poor start from us, to be honest. Like, Yeah, I mean, 1.66 per game, that's awful, but uh, we will be praying for that the rest of the season. Um, I think worst manager is a bit of a discussion, though, so maybe we should talk about it or not. What do you think? You think it's Lampard, I, think, so I, think, uh, I mean, Potter is dreadful, but Lampard is... that. I mean, that what we watched... Lampard almost yeah. relegated two clubs this season. It can't get worse than that, can it? <laughs> Fair enough, fair enough. Um, I was going to... Yeah, it's got to be Lampard, isn't it? It's awful. It is bad. Uh, also, it's team selection. Whatever. Uh, right, let's go on to best sorry. match. Sorry, Frank. <laughs> Who have you got? What have you got for best match? Best match. It's a bit of a repeat. It's Chelsea Spurs. I know we didn't win the game, but that's the last time I can remember us dominating a big team. We dominated them that day. They scored a really low XG goal from um, uh, Hoiberg. We put it through the bodies and they scored a set piece. And that shouldn't have been a goal either because he pulled Kukurea's hair. Um, oh, yeah. And just like, just dominated them, battered them. Kai was missing open goals for fun as usual. Um, should have won 3 or 4 nil. Although we drew the... And again, best match. But a match isn't just about the result, right? It's about the energy. It's about... Um, and there was, a big, there was a big narrative coming in that, like, you know, Spurs, if you think of it now, Spurs were actually up there for title contenders at the start of the season because, you know, Conte had got them in the top four the season before. They thought, right, this could be the year that Spurs could challenge. They came, And they were giving it the big talk before. And they came and they were rubbish. And they, like, uh, it, it was summed up best by, my, by Harry Kane going, it's always good to get a last-minute winner. He didn't even realise that they drew. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So I think uh, I I do think that was up there. Um, That's my best match. Best match, but I think for me, I'm going for a Graham Potter game. I'm going for Borussia Dortmund at home. Yeah, that was a fantastic performance from us. We were one nil down from the first leg. I thought we played pretty well away, but obviously we were one nil down um, from the first leg. Really huge moment for us in the season. Obviously, the the league had really gone at that point, and the Champions yeah. League was our massive focus. We needed a good performance. Dortmund, obviously, not very good really um as a side but coming back from a one nil deficit is always hard in any game and also the pre-game like lining up and singing the songs welcoming the coaches in with the blue smoke and everything just a really fun game as well so i think looking back that was probably the most enjoyable game i don't know about best match i mean obviously we didn't have so many very good games but a two nil win in a game that we're one nil down from the first leg and and yeah fantastic fair enough fair enough yeah, I, I that was going to be my choice as well. Uh, Dortmund, I think it was a a game where everyone had to get out for it. We had to win, and, and we did, which was great. And you even got a pot of fist pump, the only one. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, we even got a blue rating. I have it on uh, FotMob, a very rare blue. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. To be fair to Kai, that's the best thing he did all season. Like, to that was probably his best game. Yeah, he was fantastic in the game to as re- well. To retake really like, that penalty as well takes. Um, he's got some. That was pretty uh, ice cold. So he's usually oh, freezing. Cold. He's usually freezing, but he was freezing a different way that way. He had ice cold blood. So he's a nice he's, man either way. But he's, um, he's lucky that the ball pinged back off the post, and the only guy was standing in the box. Yeah, fair enough. I think. But, 
Yeah. Um, I think it would be interesting to know what people would have thought of Havertz if they hadn't done that. Because the only reason that penalty was retaken was because it literally fell to that player. If it fell to anyone else, it wouldn't have been uh, it wouldn't have been retaken. Um, but th- those are the fine moments of football, I guess. But yeah, Eske goes to Dortmund. Well done, Potter. Um, Got something? Um, maybe don't send it to him. Not sure he deserves it anyway. <laughs> I don't know if we can give best match to a game we didn't win, though. Um, no, I'm just... I'm just yeah. Well, we've already... It's been outvoted anyway. We both voted Dortmund, so... Yeah. Let's go so, for worst match. Uh, the worst match for me, it's in that worst moment of, series that Craig, uh, of the season that Craig alluded to. It's Arsenal at home. He, with Potter before that, I think he'd, a lot, he'd won a few games against... Well, well, we didn't win against the top... Other than Villa, we didn't win against the top 10, did we? Um, so he, I think he beat in Villa, he beat in Wolves, he beat in Palace, he beat in... Um, yeah, I think that was all the games he won. He got beaten by Brighton. But even the Brighton game, I think that was a bit of a, a baptism of fire with obviously Deserbe, he's turned out to be a fantastic manager. And we got like 2XG that game. It was a bit of a basketball game. It could have been 4-3. This Arsenal game, limp, horrible. They were in third gear. It was raining. I think it was. A, it was. A, I think it was a Sunday midday game. Weird kickoff time. All get yourself up early, all the way up there for an absolutely tepid, awful performance. Zero point three xg. That would never ever happen under previous managers. Uh, you know, high elite mate like Mourinho, Tuchel, Ancelotti, uh, Conte it would never happen. They'd affect the game at least. Just, they basically just gave gave Arsenal. It's like a buy for Arsenal. It's like a three point a three point buy. Just let them through, let them through. It's just awful. Um, can't remember a worse game. It's so depressing. Yeah, I mean that's the game I had as well. One nil loss at home to Arsenal. It's just depressing. It was just like such an awful game. Exactly and, um, that. Sitting through that in the especially in the second half, just thinking, what what is going on here? What are we watching? Um, yeah. and, and I think Lampard alluded to it a little bit after this Newcastle game where he said that's more like a Chelsea home performance um, even though obviously we, we didn't win I think what he meant by that is just not a performance like this where you come out so flat no energy not creating any chances yeah. look absolutely toothless um, yeah. you know just dreadful watch yeah like you say under 0.3 xg at home one shot on target you know this is we're playing arsenal at home this is a game where you're expecting passion intensity you know attacking in some regard i mean what we set up in that game um to play we chalaber played at center back that day aspie at right back kukurea at left back we started a bamiyang in that game i don't know if you remember walking around and there was that stupid bt sport thing where it's like what did he say in the advert it's like it's a it's only a game or something or like I can't remember what what it was. Just awful build up to that game and obviously Arsenal were flying and yeah, just I just remember yeah after that game just being absolutely disgusted. Awful. That's when I that for me, for me that was when I really knew that Pat Grand Potter wasn't the guy because it doesn't matter where you are in your managerial career you don't let Arsenal come and do that to you. You show some fight. You, you have some shots, you win some, you, you, you go in for some 50-50s, you don't do that. And uh, yeah, that's when I realised that we were in a mess with him. So yeah, Chris? Going to scoop the Esker. Is the, it? Yeah, well, haven't you both voted for it? Yeah, what? but what was, you have a different one. Oh, I had Dynamo Zagreb away. 
one nil loss. Yeah. I don't think they have full time footballers playing for them. I think that was just embarrassing, just as a general rule of thumb. I mean, that was a pretty unlucky loss, right? They think they had zero point six xg to our one. Uh, I know, think some was, some old some thirty year old punter outpaced Fafana for the goal. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't think that was. I I mean, we we had a poor game, but I don't think that was like an alarming game. Um, I think it's, that also was a, it's, it's also a group game. It's like I think it's a great. Like, you know, you can get get it back. This is like Chelsea Arsenal. You, you only get to play Arsenal once at home every season. It's just, it just, just terrible. And we played. I don't think that, that Zagreb game wouldn't have been in my top ten worst games yeah, this season. No, I don't think it was that bad. I think uh, there's way others. Yeah. City yeah. away, Newcastle away. I think away. we had lost to Southampton, Leeds. Newcastle away. We lost to Southampton, Leeds. Leeds away was bad. Leeds away was bad. Zag- and then we lost to Zagreb, and I think people were wondering what the heck was going on. Fulham at home. I think um, that was maybe the beginning of realising that we are very, very poor at... Spurs away, 2-0. That's, that's yeah, a hell I mean, that, that was awful. Like Ziyech almost getting sent off, and then like yeah, just, we had no chances in that game. And, just <laughs> yeah, and one was Brentford at home. That was disgraceful. Remember that, remember that line-up where he basically played like a, uh, a 5-3-2 against Brentford at home? Awful. Absolutely just disgusting first half performance that was actually. So that, <laughs> that that should that should have been in there maybe. Absolutely, so many poor. I mean games. those games are at the beginning, at the end of the season. United at home as well would have been up there for me. I think that was a close one as well. Where we again another game where we had like zero point two xg from yeah. open play or something. We should have like, got beaten four 0 that day. Yeah. Anyway, could plenty of them going up. It looks like it's it's, low, there's a lot of lot of choices for this one. Arsenal at home gets it. The Esca for the yeah. The worst match of the season, 2022-2023. We're going to end on a positive point, aren't we? Apparently, We are going to end on a positive. You're going to have to give me your player who you think will be the next season's player of the season. I actually changed my mind last minute uh, <laughs> while we we're doing this because uh, I think you would have thought I was insane. Because uh, I've got a feeling about a certain player will improve next season. Maybe I'll talk about it another time. Um my best guess for maybe one of the best players, maybe not the best player, one of the best players, it's Nani Madueke. Um I think we've got a gem on our hands. And like I said last week, I think he's a better player than Madrid. I think he's. I think him and Badia Shield for thirty million each, fantastic value for money. I think he's got it all, Madueke. He can go either way. He can shoot. He's aggressive. He's got a great attitude. Like Craig said, he can track back. Very like Bakayo Saka, but he's bigger and more physical. And um, I think we've got a real gem on our hands here. And I've got no idea why Tottenham let him go as a youth player. Um, unless he has some sort of, I don't know, sometimes youth player. It happens at Cobham. I can't remember his name, but there's a young, the young 16, 17-year-old at the moment that um, Chelsea trying to keep and he, go, he just goes to another club. It, it happens like Musiala. It happened with us. But um, yeah, I think we've got a fantastic player. And I think the sky's the limits for this kid. So... I think he, I think I think Pochettino will quickly become aware that he can become one of his key players because at the moment we're pretty stacked left wing, but right wing we haven't really got too many options unless you were to put Sterling or Mujic on the right. So it's Madueke's place to lose really because um, they've only got Ziyech and Ziyech will be, be leaving. So I think Madueke's our right our first choice right wing at the moment. So uh, yeah, I think it's Nani Madueke for me. Yeah, I think. Um... He there's a lot of options for this to be honest because obviously yeah. we've had so many bad performances yeah. this season. We're expecting a lot of players to improve in a, in a better system next year. But I think the hat trick for me goes to uh, Enzo Fernandez, the hat trick mm. of Eskers 
Um, I think I'm expecting him to have a fantastic season for us next year. No World Cup interruptions, no European football. You know, we we get to just churn him out every week in the Prem. Um, and I'm looking forward to it. I think he, he'd benefit from that, from having a, you know, probably he's going to play about half the minutes that he played this year in, in all competitions. So about 2,000 less minutes for him, um, or at least 1,000 less minutes. And, and yeah, I just, I feel like he's going to be our player of the season next year. I just don't see any other player winning it. Yeah, he's the player I had down on this. Um, yeah, I think he's just going to go from strength to strength. I think also because of his fee, chances are he'll he'll be selected quite a lot more frequently as well. So, um, yeah, I have uh, high hopes for him. I think he'll deliver. And definitely, I mean, he was almost a contender. Well, he was a contender for an Esker <laughs> for this season's player of the year. So, uh, yeah, I think he'll go on to shine. So definitely my candidate. I probably wouldn't say Madueke will be our best player next season. I think I more had it where like Enzo was already our best player. So I, I, it was more for me like... You gave we, it to Silver, didn't you? Our best player. Ma, ma, yeah. but, ma, but maybe it was most improved or like one of the, who become one of the best players. And I think that would be Madueke personally. Um, if he's given minutes... I think he's going to tear it up. It's got this kid. Simple, simple as that. And I think he's going to get twenty slash GAs easy if you give him thirty starts next season. Easy. Twenty um, GAs with thirty starts. I think he's got everything. Honestly, I've, ne- wow. I've never, I've never watched a player at Chelsea and been this excited by him. I think I, I've watched him. He just, he just lights the crowd up every time he gets the ball. Um, and I don't, I I don't know about that. Um, you're, I don't know about, you're, about, you're, about you're, you're a Madrid fanboy, and I'm a Madueke fanboy. We'll see you wins. Oh, I'm just, I'm not fanboy. I just, like they both haven't played a lot. I don't think you see that. Have you seen enough from Madueke to to, to consider that he's going to be an absolute superstar? I don't know about that. I, 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 well, I think he looks, he looks very, looks, very promising, Madueke. I think he has very few weaknesses other than over dribbling. He over dribbles a lot. He, he'll, he'll like take a t- touch too many, but that could be trained out of him really easily by like a manager who would tell him not to do that and be more clinical. He looks um, like he's got great close control, very technical player, but also yeah. a skill can shoot um, as well. Although we haven't seen yeah, it everyone yet. keeps talking about like how Poch is going to turn like uh, Mudrik into Son. Son. I need to be focusing on how he's going to make Medeweke maybe one of a world class player. I think I could be misguided. I just got a really, really ridiculous feeling about this kid. Oh, I just love his personality as well, Medeweke. Yeah. Yeah. He, although he's not Cobham, he's got a Cobham personality. Like he just, you know, with Mutrik, with Mutrik, he's doing funny things on Instagram. He's a bit of a prima donna in a sense, like a little bit. Like he's, I think half of him is a little bit like maybe I should have gone to Arsenal in his head. Like Medeweke loves being there. Uh, got a Cobham kind of attitude. I think he's a Chelsea fan in real life, so um, yeah. So he gets enough starts, maybe twenty slash is a bit, um, bit of a reach. But... <laughs> well, that's what you said about Sterling this season. Yeah, but I believe that about Sterling as well. You have got to understand a lot of these players. How many, go- playing... how many goals are you going to score next season I mean, for both of them to be getting twenty? Managers who wouldn't be fit by you know, managing the Rose and Crown, to be honest. You know, they're terrible managers. You know? Yeah, but you can't have both of them getting twenty GAs. That'll be wild. Well, it happened. At Arsenal. It happened. At Arsenal. Why is it wild? Martinelli and Saka did it. Why can't we do it? Like, <laughs> we're not. We're not West. We're not West Ham. I'll tell you. I'll you that over three seasons. Well, Poches, I I think Poches, I'm not giving Arteta like all the credit for that. But yeah, I, d- I don't think you need 
uh, a manager for three years to to get two players with twenty goals assists. I, I don't don't, like, it's not just about. There's this huge narrative about like once we get a striker. I said it last week. Once we get a striker, they'll do it all. No, football's changed. You don't just get a drop and they'll score thirty. It's not like that anymore. It's a team effort. That's how Liverpool did it with Mane. We'll have, we'll have to tell that to uh, Suarez and Haaland and all these players. Yeah, but like, all right, it's not like Mara's and Diego like, Costa. Yeah, but that, Chris, that was seven years ago. Football's changed, mate. Changed. No, exactly, we had the exact same conversation with Mourinho when and he signed Fabregas and Costa. Was it Mourinho? Yeah. And then suddenly he just scored loads of goals. I mean, it's not, it's, I don't think it's as difficult as people make it out to be. I really don't. It's got a simple as this. Just got a good feeling about this kid. He doesn't get the Esca, but just got a good feeling about this kid. That's all. That's all I, think he'll be a, I think he'll be a really good player, definitely. Mm. Right. Uh, well, ladies and gentlemen, you should. Uh, it's not the end of the Eskers. It's, uh, you can you can get another smoked salmon canapé and a glass of champagne because we've got we've got a quiz. Questions about the blues, so you don't lose. There'll be a few clues. Correct answers only. It is what it is. It's time for the ESCR quiz. Wow, a quiz. Let's we've, got a hidden, quiz. We've, got a hidden, we've got a hidden quiz. Hidden uh, quiz. Fantastic. Hidden, hidden quiz. So, in the spirit of awards, we have an awards quiz. And this sounds like it's going to be really difficult, but it, it shouldn't be, because some of them are pretty obvious. So, I want you to name, in backwards order, so going from most recent, going back the way, every player, Chelsea player, who has won... The Player of the Year award in the Premier League era. Oh my so going back the way. Wow. So, we go, so we go from 20, so 2023, we know, right? Yeah? Yeah. Now, some are repeated. So you've got about yeah. 20 players here, but some are pretty obvious. So 2022. Mason Mount won it back to back years, right? Yeah. Is this, is this fans voted Player of the Season or Player yeah. of the Season? It's the okay. club, club Player of the Season. So I think they weight the votes like slightly. Yeah. yeah, club player of the season. The one, the one that Targo Silva won this year. Okay, exactly. so yeah, Mason Mount, Kovacic won it, didn't he? Right, well. so you're already flying through. 20, 2022 for Mason Mount, 2020 Mason Mount, 2020 Kovacic, 2019? I'm trying to think of what season that was. <laughs> Can you, maybe you should help us out with the the league finishing spot or the manager or something with if we're going through. It's really that, hard was, uh, that was the Sari season. Um, it's pretty obvious. Come on, season. Oh, Eden Hazard. Hazard, yeah. So Hazard would have won it for a lot of these years. Actually, yeah. going back, yeah. Hazard's, Hazard's got four. So, um, if you want, I'll just give you them. So yeah, Hazard, give us all the. Once we name one, you should just give us all uh, the Hazard years. They won it in twenty. In Hazard won it in two thousand and nineteen, two thousand and seventeen, two thousand and fifteen, and two thousand and fourteen. So he's a multi-winner, almost like a almost as good as Enzo winning three Escas. He's uh, a <laughs> he's won <laughs> four he's won four thousand years. About two thousand and eighteen, two thousand and eighteen. So what's that season? It's it's. I'll get backwards. I know. I'm just looking. I'm just looking up. Looking it up. So that was sorry. Oh, so who that was, was before Sarri? Um, uh, that was the uh, the Conte second season. We came fifth. Oh god, it could be. We won the FA Cup. That Fabregas. Season. No. 
Costa, Costa was in the league. Was it Costa? Because he was quite controversial if it was. Costa is a winner, I think, of one. Yeah. One, so, Must uh, no, he is not a winner, Costa. Wow. Okay. It's not Hazard again, is it? Um, it's, it's, he's still at the club. He actually... Uh, Aspie. He almost got an Esca tonight. Maybe, maybe got a, for not a good reason. Midfielder, one of the best in the world in his prime. Ngolo Kante. Ngolo Kante. Kante. Nice. Uh, it's 2016. So that was the, I think that's the one we won the league, I think. Mm. So Fabregas is up here for this one, maybe? No, it's not one really. No, no, sorry. This is not, this is a terrible season where we came 10th. There's only one contender. The only player who had a good season that season, do you remember? Willian. Willian. Wow. Willian, when we came 10th. And- did he win it? He won it a couple of times, did he, William? No, just a single winner. Oh, okay. Now we're going school, back to 2013. Kicks that season, 2013 and 2012, a double winner. Not Drogba, is it? No, he's a, he's a magician. Matter. Matter. It's well, Matter. Wow. Yeah, nice. Uh, in 2000, I think it was 2012, 2013, he got about 45G slash A. Killed it. Right, okay. 2011. It's going back it's the way. Be, be Drogba. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're guessing Drogba. He's got to win some of these, surely. Uh, Drogba got it in 2010. Okay. Has he not got it? Yeah. 2011. Um, Super was, Frank. No, I think more back the way, down the pitch. Terry Cahill. Even even more. Check. Check. Bit of check. Uh, so yeah, uh, it's pretty much all legends now until you get to the nineties. So like you know, just think of the noughties legends now. Just you know, two thousand nine is Lampard. Yeah, two thousand nine, like Lampard won it in two thousand nine, two thousand five, and two thousand four. Think of another Chelsea legend, J- JT. JT won it in two uh, right, two thousand eight, and two thousand seven. We need SEN. Well done, SEN, 2007. 2008, we need. 2008. Chelsea legend, Ash Cole. Similar surname. Ivanovic. Oh, Joey Cole. Joe Cole. Oh, Joey Cole. Joe Cole won in 2008. So we're going back now. This is pre-Abramovich now. Okay. So this is OG. So Zola would have won. Zola. Zola yeah. won it twice. Viale. No, Zola won it twice. Oh, Terry, oh, sorry, John Terry actually won it in 2001 as well. He must have won a young player one. Wow. Um, so 2001 we got already. John, Jerry, John Terry won it twice. Uh, Gianfranco Zola won it in 2003 and, and 1999. Dennis 2000, Wise. 2002. Dennis Wise won it in 98 and 2000. Well done. You've got about six names left. We'll go, we'll go in order. So you need 2002 first. What, what position? <laughs> no, that would have been just before. What, what so, position is this? Goalkeeper. Kudicini. Kudicini. Carlo Kudicini. Oh, I thought in his day was uh, one of the best. Fantastic shot stopper. Wow. Yeah, he was great. Right, we're going back to 97 now, all the way. These are tough now. Flow. Yeah. So basically, you've got you've got you've got five. So I think the the Premier League started in two thousand nineteen ninety two nineteen ninety three, right? Yeah. Is George is George Ware a winner? 
No, that's in 2000, mate. He was there. No, he was only there on the road. 97 to 93 we need. Five years, please. All these... I think a lot of these players have already been answers in quizzes. Quite a few of them. Mark Hughes. Mark Hughes is 1997. Well done. 1996. Also managed the club. Oh, Rude Hullet. Rude Hullet. All right, these final three, I'm going to let you sweat a bit. <laughs> I'm not going to give you so many clues. Dan Petrescu. No. Paul Good. Furlong. No. Graham Lasso. No. Gavin Peacock. No. Jody Morris. No. no. 90, 95, 94, 93. Two of them have been answers before. SIE. No, that's way too. That's way too. Is that early. too late? Is that not yet? Eddie Newton. No, good guesses. I keep going. You're in the right areas. Peacock. Same. Said that already. Yeah, I know he's oh, a preacher. Yeah. I know he's a preacher, but you can't say. Mark Steen. No. One's a defender. John right, Spencer. One's, all right, one's a, they're all defenders. Oh. Uh, Frank LeBeouf. No, close. Steve Clark. Hey, yeah, 1994. Steve Clark. So you need 95 and 93. Come on, uh, the audience are going to board that. They need a refill of their champagne here. Graham mm. Lasso? I've had him. No. Ones? Yeah, well, I can't say the nationality, you just get it. Like, if Michael Dubry. No. If you say the nationality, you get it. So think of it like that. Think of that. What kind of nationality? It's not, it's not that Italian guy again, is it? What, what, Clydeberg? No, no. Jacob Kjolberg. No, no. <laughs> Similar region of the world. Similar region. Bjarne Johnson. Sorry? Erling Johnson. Erling Johnson. Yes. Wow. 1995. And the last one, 1993. Already been an answer in the quiz recently. Defender, yeah? Yes, Defender. Already been an answer. We're doing the 80s next week. <laughs> Ken Moncow. No, you're quite, you, had, you had a similar guess for this. It's, yeah. Bit of a legend, funny personality around the training oh. ground. Frank Sinclair. Oh. Frank Sinclair, 1993. Yes. Ding, 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 ding. Lovely. And that's the end. <laughs> Some absolute lovely. classic winners, actually. Yeah, great yeah. winners. Uh, can we? Do we know 1984? No, I'm only joking. Uh, uh, but yeah, um, what year? Were you born? What, what year were you boys born? What, what year were you born, Craig? And I tell you the winner. Nineteen eighty-six. Same as me, Eddie Nizeki. How you say it? Nizeki. I can't say it. Yeah. And what about you, Chris? When were you born? Eighty-nine. Eighty-nine. It's Grant Roberts. So um, I don't even know. Go on, Grant. I think they also play for Everton. So um, yeah, that's that. Fantastic. Well, well done to anyone who was playing along and, and got any of those as well. Yeah, if you're still awake in the audience, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, fantastic. Thanks, Brady. Um, yeah. Right. Well, we've got a big summer ahead of us of uh, transfer speculation. So yeah. um, it's time to prep the, uh, the player profiles. For, yeah, for we'll be coming out with some shorter videos and things. We'll do some long form stuff, but we'll do some shorter videos and transfer updates, maybe some player profiles of players coming in and maybe. Um, uh, I might get some. I might get a Spurs a Spurs fan on the on the pod to talk about Poch. Loads of stuff coming up this summer. Yeah, we've got, um, and we might have a new signing soon. 
Ugarty, yeah. Ugarty, whatever you say. He's, he looks like he might be joining. So there might be plenty to talk about mm. coming around the, just around the corner. So mm. fantastic. Um, thanks, guys, as always. That's all right. I can take this tux off. It's quite uncomfortable, isn't it? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's all we've got time for today. Um, we'll be back uh, next week uh, for more things, for more updates on all things the SCR. You can follow us on Twitter at Eat Sleep Chelsea and Instagram at Eat Sleep Chelsea Repeat. And as always, we hope you're carefree wherever you may be. And thanks for listening.